G'day and happy days and welcome to Listener. I love this adventure in sound and an adventure in history. In North Queensland, the capital is Townsville with extraordinary military history. And our local historian, Ray Holyoke, he actually lives in Ravenswood. Speaking of history, a great historical gold town. And I asked him about some of our amazing stories of the past, including the bombing of Townsville. Yes, look, there's supposed to be a much larger operation against Townsville. Um, That's quite clear in the records. Uh, In July 1942, the major of this Japanese air wing up at Rubel um, he devised quite an ambitious plan that there was to be five raids on Townsville with five aircraft each, uh, each plane carrying about two tonnes of bombs. Wow. Uh, so this was pushing the crews as well as the aircraft to their absolute limits. Why did they want to do that? What was their goal? Townsville had been under aerial surveillance by reconnaissance aircraft since about March of 42, yep. so months before. So they could quite clearly see the build-up, that we had a good port, rail, camps expanding, yep. and many airfields getting constructed. So from the surveillance pictures, which they always came over around midday, so there'd be no shadows, and they could get a clear look at the uh, images mm-hmm. when they got back to Rebel. It showed that this was a a prime target for any operation. Why didn't it happen? Well, um, luckily the Allies, the Australians and the Americans and the British were able to target the supply lines. These aircraft, even six, seven months after uh, Pearl Harbour, they were very advanced, four-engines, long-range flying boats uh, designed by the Japanese. Already parts were getting hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Uh, Supply boats were getting sunk. And, yes, uh, maintenance in a tropical climate up in Rebel with an extremely advanced aircraft, they're already starting to fail. Mm. What about Anumba, the famous palm tree? What can you tell us about that? <laughs> well, the, the last air raid, the third one on the last night, was a culmination that finally all the Australian and American units worked together. The first night was total disarray. The second, they were still trying to get their operation together. Mm. The third, everything worked perfectly. So this aircraft, single one, uh, piloted by Shoji from Rebel, was picked up hours before it even came to Townsville by radar. Okay. So they were able to send American fighter units up over Cleveland Bay, ready to intercept it before it even came here. Mm -hmm. So it didn't even have a chance. So when it came in, it was immediately jumped by two fighters. The aircraft dived, jettisoned all its bombs, they thought, in Cleveland Bay near the shipping channel between near Magnetic Island coming into the port. Then they're diving at speed to try and get away from these two fighters. They're coming over close to Anunba, and the cannon shells from these two fighters hit the rear of the aircraft, likely killing the rear gunner, over a Noonba, but there was a bomb stuck in the rack. Okay. So that particular bomb, it's long been seen that they're aiming for Rooney's Bridge, 
No, it wasn't, because there's an audio recording of the last raid. Oh. And you can clearly hear the bombs falling in the bay. And this one sticky bomb rack had happened two nights before on the previous raid as well. So they had a faulty bomb rack. When the explosion happened in the rear of the aircraft, it shook the eighth bomb free, and it was just pure of a chance that it landed on a palm tree in Anoomba. <laughs> and the crater's still there. Yes, yes, it's still there. It's shallow, but it's still recognisable. Oh, I love it. Now, you also said, now, is it true that uh, we did have another casualty as a rock wallaby? Is that true? Yes, yes it How is. How do you know? <laughs> well, they did a um, surveillance report after the second raid yep. out of Many Peaks Range down in Palaranda there. Mm. Uh, so they found the craters, they found bomb fragments, <laughs> and then they found one poor rock wallaby. Oh, so we have one uh, fuzzy casualty. Oh, no. Uh, did they ever get any of the bombs from uh, from Cleveland Bay? On the first raid, they did. They had to go out into the mudflats at the mouth of Ross River. Yeah. Because the two Japanese planes coming in had used Cleveland Bay Lighthouse, which they didn't turn off right. uh, when the raid started, as a, a beacon to guide in. So they stuck the mouth of Ross River for Ross Creek. If they'd gone into Ross Creek, then it could have gone right down the, the wharves and the ships. Yes, yes. But instead they fell harmlessly at the mouth of Ross River. Uh, a UXO disposal team went out there to defuse several. They never found all of them. Uh, there would have been 16 and I think they found about four because they all fell in the soft mud, and Mm. as far as we know, none really exploded out there. You know, it's such a long flight from Rabaul. It it, it is very long, 3,500 k's round trip, yes. In a flying boat, the Emily flying boat. Um, You know, we it must have been pretty serious for them to make a flight like that. It, It was. They could see that, that build-up, and the two pilots that were on both of the raids uh, that have been identified, they were very experienced pilots that had been operating previous to the war in China. Yep. They were, were very good, and one of them, Mizukura, was on two of the raids. He survived right until the last day of the war and then was on a kamikaze mission off Japan, oh, no. and he lost life there. So no. he almost survived the war. Extraordinary. I need to ask you, because this is something that's been a bit of a passion of mine to, you know, the alleged bunkers, but also Dalrymple Road. Did the Americans bury trucks and other uh, vehicles along Dalrymple Road, say, along Vincent there? Not along Dalrymple Road, but certainly parks around Townsville that are still existing today were dump points. Uh, They were scrapyards. They were sort of recycling yards. Components could be taken off unworthy aircraft or crashed aircraft. And then at the end of the war, it's quite obvious, all of this is recycled, scrapped, sent Mm. on ships uh, for reprocessing, and minor components, small engine parts, possibly propellers and that, would have been left behind. And in recent times, with parks being redeveloped, these items have been discovered, but no large-scale airframes or... Things like that. It was just too valuable to, to recycle them after the war. I believe in one of the rivers there's some uh, so, some war relics as well out on the Port Access Road if you continue out inland. Yes, 
there was a giant uh, assembly point called Koala Ordnance out that way. Yeah. So there was an assembly line for jeeps and trucks, uh, and at the end of the war there was an assembly line for them where the old models would just be cut up and thrown into a pit, and that's what did occur out there. I did do some work in that vicinity, mm. uh, some archaeological work for a company, and yeah, about 160 vehicles were disassembled uh, around that area. The things that you found out, the uh, look, I, I love our history, but over the years, is there something, some place that still fascinates you history-wise that's close to us? That's close to us? It would probably be areas like uh, three fighter sector headquarters out at Stewart. Mm. Uh, it's on the side of the hill there. It, there's a fence around it, so it's not publicly accessible, but you can certainly look at it from the exterior. Uh, this was probably the biggest white elephant of the war in North Queensland, a massive reinforced concrete building for yeah. fighter operations. So if you've seen those old movies where there's ladies pushing around um, planes and ships yeah. and, and that that's what that building was. Wow, yep. But it was built so slowly during the war and <laughs> at such great expense, yeah. it only became operational towards the end of 1944. Oh, God. And it only got a few months of use and then it was closed up. As far as we can see... It was massive cost for very little return. The old library downstairs, is it true that uh, there was a communication area and MacArthur was involved? The old library downstairs in the basement? Yes, that, that's quite true. That was quite a surprise when I was working on the, the Flinders Street redevelopment. I'd seen plans that something was built and after the air raids, they were very concerned that at the back of the police station and council was not the suitable place for it that emergency communications, mm. if that actually hit that point, it would have thrown everything into chaos. So this is where the rumours come in. Initially, they say, build something on the side of Castle Hill. And they say, no, too costly, will take too long, we need something immediately. And that building in Flinders Street was designed to take another two storeys on it in the 1920s and had a sub-basement. So what they did was uh, dig out a bit more underneath, put the communications in, and make it a very secret 12-hour shift operation. Uh, ladies would come from Ogden Street in and change over in a covered truck, and all emergency communications went through underneath that building, and the, um, the room, or the bunker as you possibly call it, is still there. I wish they'd do something, do it up so that people could see it, could be a part of our history. The tunnel between Customs House and the Queen's Hotel, it does exist. I've, I've been there. Are there any more? There are one around Townsville on the Castle Hill Road looking off uh, from the turnaround car park. There's a small ammunition reserve underneath the road, very small one. Mm -hmm. Uh, the SES headquarters in West End, that was a RAF intelligence centre. I heard that that's got tunnels. Uh, yeah, that's in been Street. around yep. for years. Uh, mm -hmm. they've never, I've seen the plans for it, but they've never been able to quite identify uh, <laughs> if there were large ones yep. there. And that building was heavily camouflaged, but initially to look like an old branded hotel. Okay. Uh, the shelters in Flinders Street West, are they still there? I know they dug dug holes along the west there, uh, just up from the old Laos Hotel. 
I think these would have been more around like the slit trenches. Yes, yes, those so, ones. So these these were filled in after the war. But what would be interesting if ever there's some roadworks there, similar ones as Zine Barracks when the redevelopment was done. Yeah. And there was all sorts of little um, trinkets left behind like brill cream jars, really? um, uh, foot powder, uh, used practice rounds, um, even Coke bottles. So afterwards, they just used them as rubbish pits and, and filled them in. You love it, don't you, mate? I, I, I do. It is a bit of a, a passion, and I, I like comparing the archival records with the actual artefacts so that they have a story behind them, a context. So many stories very few of us know about. Great to hear from Ray Hollyoak, our local historian in Townsville. Thanks for finding us on Listener. Happy days. Uru.